You're listening to SBS on the Money with Ricardo Gonsalves. Coming up, a new deputy governor for the Reserve Bank appointed, oil prices on watch, and a takeover play in the beauty space. It is your daily 10-minute business and finance news wrap for this Monday, the 27th of November, 2023. On Market Day, we'll speak with Alex Pakoulis from Harper Bernays. But first, two more changes at the Reserve Bank, where the federal government has tapped the Bank of England's Andrew Hauser to be the new Deputy Governor of the Reserve Bank of Australia from early 2024. For more, I spoke with independent economist Saul Eslake. Saul, what do we know about Andrew Hauser? At this stage, we know what's in his official biography and in the Reserve Bank's announcement today. He's the executive director markets of the Bank of England with 30 years experience at Britain's central bank. He's the equivalent of the Reserve Bank's Chris Kent, who was apparently one of the internal candidates for this position, but the government has decided to give it to an outsider. This is only the second time that there's been an outside appointment to the senior echelons of the Reserve Bank. The other one was Bernie Fraser's appointment as governor by Paul Keating in 1989. This is the first time that I'm aware that someone from outside Australia has been appointed to such a senior position within the Reserve Bank. So why do you think the government looked offshore instead of appointing someone internally or here from Australia? I suspect there are two reasons. One is that the government will have been looking for some new blood to help bed down the changes to the Reserve Bank that are going to flow from the review that was conducted last year and which the government will be legislating this week. And he'll be in a position to give outside experience to Governor Michelle Bullock as she seeks to shake up the Reserve Bank's culture, as she indicated she wanted to do last week. The second thing is that Mr Hauser will have direct experience of working with a monetary policy committee, that is a body of outside experts to make decisions about interest rates, which is the model that the Reserve Bank is going to take up from the 1st of July next year, and which the Bank of England has had for, I think, the best part of two decades. All right, so we know about his backgrounds and the, his uh, abilities to, I guess, assist in some of these recommendations of the review. What do you think will be some of his key challenges? Well, an obvious key challenge for 2024 will be making judgments about whether further tightening of monetary policy is required in order to bring inflation down to the Reserve Bank's 2 to 3% target range in accordance with the timetable that's been laid out by Governor Bullock, uh, that is by the end of 2025. Now, in addition, of course, he will, with Governor Bullock, be betting down the new method for determining and for setting monetary policy with an outside committee of experts that starts work from the 1st of July next year. Uh, he brings practical experience of briefing a committee like that and carrying out its instructions. So I'm sure that was a key consideration in the government's decision to appoint him to this role of deputy governor. Finally, is there any significance or has there been a delay to this appointment or do you think there would be any, I guess, rumblings within the RBA in an external appointment, given that, for example, we saw Michelle Bullock move from deputy to governor quite quickly and then we saw a few other resignations and moves within the RBA beforehand? 
Well, there have been some significant departures of senior experienced personnel from the Reserve Bank in recent years, including the former Deputy Governor Guy DeBell a couple of years ago, and more recently, senior officials such as Lucy Ellis and Jonathan Chancellor, uh, and as well as some people from slightly lower down the hierarchy. Now, they may have made their own judgments about their individual prospects of of ultimately exceeding to the most senior role and decided to do something else. But I, I wouldn't read anything particular into the fact that it took the government a few months to arrive at uh, Mr House's nomination. And if they had made an in-principle decision to seek an external appointment, and particularly someone from outside Australia, it's understandable that it would have taken some time to identify the right candidate and to persuade him in this instance that he should move halfway across the world to take up this position. Saul is like their independent economist. Now, Market Day on the SBS On The Money podcast. Let's take a look at the Australian share market now, which did close weaker. The S&P ASX 200 down 0.8% to 6,987. For more, I spoke with Alex Pakoulis, the Chief Investment Officer at Harper Bernays. Ricardo, yeah, look, I mean, the market actually opened up slightly uh, this morning, but then it's faded throughout the course of the day. And it's really led the mining sector down. Miners are down around 1%. Um, iron ore and lithium prices are down. And there's a weak Chinese and Hong Kong market as well, both down about 1% today also. um, The consumer discretionary sector is also leading the market down. It's down about 1.3%. How much of a big deal do you think this um, delayed OPEC Plus meeting will be on Thursday? I think it was meant to happen last weekend, especially in the context of these lower oil prices we've seen lately. Yeah, so they've delayed the meeting because a couple of the small members are are refusing to accept lower output quotas that the leaders are trying to enforce upon them. I think it is a really important meeting for oil markets. You've seen slower demand and higher non-OPEC supply lead to quite a big increase in oil inventories in the US over the last six weeks or so. And, in, and the International Energy Agency has come out and forecast that the market is likely to tip into surplus next year. So it's a very important meeting um, coming up. Those factors have led to oil prices falling from $95 a barrel down to 80 So I think OPEC are going to be looking to uh, tighten the market again, and this meeting is, is a critical one to do that. Speaking of meetings, the Reserve Bank board meeting next week. Um, I know that the RBA today appointed a new deputy governor, or the, the, the federal government appointed a new deputy governor for the RBA. But what's the market now thinking will happen with interest rates, especially as we get the um, CPI indicator later this week? So, Ricardo, notwithstanding the fact that Michelle Bullock came out and talked quite tough last week around interest rates and said that inflation is increasingly homegrown and demand-driven, so that's very hawkish commentary there from Michelle Bullock, which would lead you to expect that the RBA are likely to increase rates. But notwithstanding that, the market is not pricing that. The market has really got rates still being steady for the next couple of months um, and only... Uh, 0.15 of of an increase um, priced in by March next year. So not even a full 25 basis point um, increase priced in by early next year, despite the fact that the RBA are talking very tough. Uh, Any companies making news today? 
Yeah, Ricardo, the key one is Adore Beauty. They announced this morning that they had rejected an offer um, for to, to pay cash for all of their shares between $1.25 and $1.30. The stock's up 20%, but it's still below that offer price, and they've rejected it, saying that it doesn't fully value the company. And finally, where do you see the opportunities for investors at the moment? Ricardo, the key opportunities for investors in a balanced portfolio at the moment are in the fixed income space. Clearly, we've seen a massive rise in interest rates in the market. And what that means at the moment is that you can generate in a portfolio a return of around 8% from investment grade credit type investments. And that's very, very attractive within a balanced portfolio. So I think a lot of the money that investors took out of fixed income investments over the last five years or so, people should be thinking about putting part of their portfolio back into those, those type of investments. Alex Bakulose from Harper Bernays. This SBS On The Money podcast is provided for informational purposes only. The content on this podcast should not be understood as constituting advice or a recommendation. It is not personal advice and does not consider your personal circumstances or objectives. You should contact a licensed professional before making any financial decision. Yeah.